Look, I know what you're all thinking. Who's your dumb guest this week? I'm just kidding. I love all my guests. Um, no, this is going to be just me that, again this week, the original format. Uh, I thank all my guests. I love them very much. Um, but it's nice to have a break, you know? Just have me running the show, have me talking to you good, good people out there. Thank you again for listening. Um, if this is your first time, if this is your million time, you're appreciated and loved. Um, all the same. Um, yeah, again, I'm going to do a quick one for you this week because I actually have a family trip coming up to the East Coast. Um, going to the Jersey Shore with the Cincy Clan should be fun. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, I survive that trip. And then if not, you'll have this final audio recording of me talking about nonsense. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I hope you all had a lovely 4th of July. I know I did. Saw my good buddy Austin. We served at uh, Camp Lejeune together back back in the day. And um, actually got me reminiscing about some Camp Lejeune stuff. I was torn between a few stories I wanted to tell uh, about the Camp Lejeune days. But sorry, Austin. I know I said I'd do the uh, suicide conference in D.C. one, um, but I've chosen another one. So next time you come over, I'll interview you. You can tell that story because you tell it better anyway. Um, but uh, I decided to talk about uh, my MMA career. Now... I know what you're all thinking. Mike, you're in perfect physical condition. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, and you look like you can compete in mixed martial arts, but we didn't know you actually had a background in it. Well, let me tell you. I was a decent wrestler in high school. Um, it wasn't anything I pursued greatly, uh, but I was good at it. I always enjoyed it, too. Um, so I have a wrestling core. And then in 2000 and I forget, what, 10, 11, around that time frame, I started my Marine Corps martial arts journey. Now, those of you not familiar with the Marine Corps martial arts, let me fill you in. It's essentially, it's the combatives program that the Marine Corps uses to teach basic and advanced uh, techniques in hand-to-hand combat from those who've never thrown a punch in their life to those who want to do knife techniques to eliminate their enemies. So I started on my first deployment getting belts, and I got up to brown belt, which is the second highest belt as a student, and... I got word upon my returning that they were looking for kind of a test to send a sailor attached to Marines, um, an RP more specifically, to the Advanced School of Infantry Martial Arts Instructors Course. Now, I am not here to talk about that course, but it is a part of my MMA career because it gave me the confidence and some of the techniques and conditioning to think I can compete in a steel cage with other people who some have trained their entire lives to do this, um, but for me, a, a month, what was it, two months, a month long, I forget, uh, a grueling course uh, at Camp Geiger was more than enough to get me ready to punch another grown man in the face for competition, and uh, I felt it was, so I graduated that course. I'll probably talk more about it on another episode, because it was a pretty incredible course. It's actually been shut down now because of hazing and how difficult and how high the attrition rate was. But very good instructors, very professional, uh, aside from all the hazing allegations, and very, uh, very grueling and rewarding course. But I graduated. I was now a Marine Corps martial arts instructor, qualified to uh, teach, you know, everybody uh, McMap, obviously, and uh, train them up and uh, sign off on their belts and stuff. So I had that. I just come out of that course. My conditioning had never been better. I was usually more of a weights, kind of like explosive uh, movements kind of guy and uh, now I had like just really good uh, like long-term cardio stuff going on so the, 
I don't know if they still do this. I might need one of y'all to let me know. Um, but Gus's in Jacksonville, everybody knows Gus's because everybody goes to Gus's when you're a boot or when you're, you know, a sergeant major. It doesn't matter. Everybody loves Gus's. Um, but Gus's in Jacksonville, North Carolina, used to do this thing called the King of Jacksonville, an open invitation MMA tournament to crown the King of Jacksonville. Now, I don't know if they still do it, but I was like, hey, I'm a king, right? I feel like I can compete in a mixed martial arts tournament with strangers after training for a month and become the king of Jacksonville. So this is how that went. So in order to qualify, you had to win a preliminary fight, and uh, that was held at the Combat Club, which is a, a dojo in Jacksonville. Again, I, I, I keep kind of stating my age here. Um, I don't know if these places even exist anymore, but... That's what you had to do back in the day. And uh, so I go to the combat club. I was fighting at 160 at the time. That was my weight. And pretty much uh, they didn't have a lot of people fighting this year. So I was able to just have to win one prelim and then I'm in the tournament. I can qualify to become the king of Jacksonville, which is an honor that um, not many have had, you know. So I I, I go in um and my opponent, uh, I, n- I didn't get to meet him beforehand, and we are in like this little makeshift uh, kind of cage, and I look across, and it's this skinny Asian guy, he's a little taller than me, but again, he just, he did not look intimidating at, at all, and I had all the confidence that somebody who just graduated a military sanctioned course should have, um, which just means blind, uh, blind confidence that I can do whatever it is I'm doing right now, and so... Uh, they say go, um, we touch gloves and I immediately go to take him down because again, I am a wrestler and that's what I do. So I shoot the legs and I get a very easy takedown actually. And then, uh, crawl on top of him and then we roll around for a little bit because I don't know jujitsu. So I was just kind of like swinging blindly at this Asian kid rolling around with me. And then I get him in a, uh, uh, we wound up, he is in my guard and I get him in a front guillotine and he taps and I won in the first round by submission guillotine from the guard um which shows how little training both of us had if you get caught in that and uh so i'm like fuck i'm in this tournament and uh so like the actual tournament i guess is is like two weeks later and so i tell my buddies (laughs) my marine buddies i didn't want to tell too many because you know i don't want to fucking uh have a huge posse there but i was like hey uh (laughs) my buddy mike and my buddy brian um i was like hey uh I'm going to this thing, you know, I'm going to be fighting, blah, blah, blah. And they're RP, you're in the king of jazz. so trashy. I'm like, shut up, you're coming with me. So we go, and uh, I'm like, I think third on the card, second or third. I was really early, and um, I did, again, again, I did not get to meet my opponent, but now we have a live audience. We have walkout music that we didn't get to choose, and we have, like, you know, people screaming and recording, and it's the, it's the whole thing. So um, I go... My walkout music was some generic rap song. I did not choose. Um, I think if I had to choose, it'd be uh, <laughs> something by Creed. You know, a real banger. And uh, so I walk out and I look across this fucking. And they kind of give you a team too. Like every corner, you don't have like your team, your squad with you, unless you really brought one. And I didn't. My Marines were there, just drinking at the bar, watching. And uh, they kind of give you like a coach and like some kind of I assume medical guy just in your corner so I was like in the blue corner with these two strangers and they're like hey how are you <laughs> like oh we're gonna coach you through this fight I'm like, oh cool and uh I look across at the red corner and the most shredded beefy black dude I've ever seen in my life is staring at me and I'm like bro 
first off, there's no fucking way he's 160. He's uh, maybe 260, you know what I mean? He was enormous, but he was also pretty short. Um, so I, I said, okay, cool. <laughs> this is who I'm fighting in front of a live audience. And so I was like, if I want to be the fucking king of Jacksonville, I got to do this shit, right? So um, we come out, we touch gloves, and he is just swinging for the fences at me. And I am, I'm not, I don't want to say I was scared, but I was fucking, you know, scared. Because these punches, <laughs> any one of them could connect would ruin me. And he's just swinging. I can't really take him down because he's built like a fucking tree trunk. So I'm just kind of like striking this and that. First round is over. We kind of just really danced around and touched each other a little bit. Nothing too crazy. And then second round, um, I was uh, <laughs> I was humbled. Now, I don't know how many of you have been uh, have competed in mixed martial arts in a live audience, um, or even been knocked out <laughs> before um, in front of a lot of people. But there's a, uh, not really anything more embarrassing I can think of than being punched so hard that your body collapses in front of a live crowd. So this is what happened. I come out, we're just dancing, and he shoots on me, what I thought was a shoot, so I kind of went to maybe do a sprawl, but maybe just defend, and he kind of shoots, but it was like a fake, so he caught me, and he punched me in the ribs, and I winced and went down and grabbed my ribs, because it hurt, you know, because I just got punched in the ribs, and I dropped my hands, and he came over the top with his right, because he punched me with his left, and he came over the top with his right, and caught me directly coming down on the side of my face and my jaw. So, obviously, I collapsed immediately. I got knocked out, one hitter quitter, and uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember the ref stopping the fight. I remember uh, kind of cutting him too, and he's like walking around. And I, I, it's not like I was like, oh, let's keep fighting. Like I knew I just I was done um, by the reactions and everything was going on. And uh, I came to, and uh, the ref was like checking my hands and you know, squaring away my face, and he was like, he's like, how you doing, man? And I was like, I'm good. I was like, I thought I had him, and he just started laughing, I was like, yeah, and uh, so he was, I mean, the guy, you know, he just knocked my ass out, but he was super, super humble, he's like, hey, man, good fight, blah, blah, and went to the center of the ring, uh, he raised his hand, not mine, rude, but I get it, and uh, I go back in the locker room, and again, I'm greeted by that guy again, slaps on the back, says good job and stuff, and now I have to face the most embarrassing part, is leaving the locker room, not only, so my face didn't really swell, uh, that night, it spelled a couple days later, but um, I was like, now I need to fucking walk into this fucking bar full of fucking drunk hillbillies that just saw me got knocked out. And uh, more importantly, I got to face my friends who came with me, who drove me, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're going to fucking tear me to shreds. And so I saunter out in my little gym bag and uh, I go up to the bar and there's Mike and Brian. They're like, hey. And I was like, hey. And they're like, what? And I was like, well, I mean, let's hear it. Fucking give it to me. And they're like, no, man, you were in there. We weren't in there. Who gives a fuck? Like, you fought. We didn't. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, you guys are going to make fun of me. And they're like, yeah, well, probably, but not right now. Like, it's a little too on the nose, don't you think? And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Um, so <laughs> uh, they were nice about it, which is cool, which is also very weird for them. They also talk shit for months after that. But um, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was not elected king of Jacksonville that year. Um, I don't actually know who won. I don't care. I didn't go back for the championship rounds or anything. But all that to say, um, if you have a dream, pursue it. And if that dream has you getting punched in the face by a dude who is not 160 pounds, um, then <laughs> fight even harder, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on.
Alright, so I want to go ahead and do the workout of the day now, because I have just a, a small thing to wrap up with. Uh, it's going to be a short episode today. Um, then maybe I'll have more guests, maybe I'll have more rambling stories about nonsense from my past next week, or next two weeks, but who knows. Um, yeah, workout of the day is actually a really good one. Uh, I did it today, so the idea is, I'm just going to give you the core of it. There's like a, a big warm-up and cool-down stuff, but the core of it was, what you want to do is put... Whatever weight you bench, um, they say either 60% of your max or uh, however much weight you can bench 10 times in a row without failing but also struggling. So I put up 225, and the idea is to do 100 of them, not in a row, but um, yeah, as many as you can in a row. So put whatever weight you struggle to do 10 reps with and then put it on there, and then you have to do 100 of them, and then every time you stop, you go over to the assault bike and burn 10 calories. So it's 110, right? So however many times you stop, if you do 100 in a row, then you're done. But every time you stop and you re-rack that bench press, you go over to the assault bike and burn 10 calories. So there you go. That's it. 100 bench reps. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm going to change the tone completely. Um, and I, I say all this to say, I don't want to hear... Um, after that, I don't want to get DMs from people like, oh, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. The following what I'm about to do is for awareness and not for sympathy. It's not for um, any kind of like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm good. Uh, I've, I've honestly never been better mental health wise. I'm doing fine. But I want to tell the story because there is a weird thing with, uh, especially veterans, um, when it comes to different summer, like the, you know, the changing of the seasons and stuff, uh, it fucks people up. So, uh, you see a rise and fall in suicide and when it comes to changes in the season all the time. So I want to tell the story. Um, but again, this is not for sympathy. This is not for, uh, a, Hey, uh, are you okay? I'm so, I hope you're okay. Like, fuck all that. I'm fine. And this is strictly for awareness, but, um, <clears throat> So, in October 2018, I checked into a hotel room with intentions to kill myself. Now, I know that's uh, pretty raw to hear. Um, those of you who don't know me very well, uh, I have struggled in the past with different things. Um, again, I, am I cannot stress enough uh, how fine I am now. But uh, this was a particularly low, low place for me. I had just... Um, I was coming off of leave, seeing my family, and uh, it was a really good leave, actually. I got to see my, my friends, I got to see my parents, I got to see my siblings. It was just one of those good leave periods, and I was driving back, and uh, I left a day earlier than I said I was going to, you know, be there, and uh, I just told them I was going back to work and stuff, but uh, in reality, I was just, I was in a relationship that was just <laughs> fucking dog shit, Um uh, that's not a slight at her. We were just two very, uh, two very selfish people in a relationship. But that's not that's not the reason either. I just relationship was dumb. Um, uh, I had uh, surrounded myself, unbeknownst to me, with the fakest people um, and the falsest friends I have ever encountered in my entire life, and that didn't come clear till later. But um, I was just surrounded by fake people. Uh, my work was like, okay, it was fine, you know works always work um and I just I'd felt at a loss um 
and I just, I'd had, um, not true ideations in the past, um, feelings like, you know, that guttural feeling of like, you're just, just profound emptiness and sadness. Um, I had had that a lot before this. So just, you know, seeing all my friends leave, you know, this earth due to suicide and stuff. I just, it's, it's always danced around my mind, but, um, this, this was the time I was going to do it. So I, uh, and again, the reason I feel okay enough to tell this is because number one, I'm good. Um, but number two, I've started telling more people in person this story. So kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's lifted the weight off a lot. So I drove down to Muncie. I've told people Bloomington. I don't know why I said Bloomington. It's Mun- I did this in Muncie, in Muncie, Indiana. And I rented a hotel room and, uh, that's probably what I was going to do it because it's Muncie. <laughs> if you're going to kill yourself, do it in Muncie, Indiana. Um, I, yeah, I just checked in. It was the Holiday Inn Express, which is uh, almost poetic because that was my first job after high school was the Holiday Inn Express. And, uh, I, yeah, I went up to my room, um, had my little, my little gun on me, and um, <coughs> I reached out to a few people just to kind of like, touch bases, not to say goodbye or anything, but just, hey, how are you? Just, you know, putting those feelers out there. Um, and then, uh, I'm not going to say who, because I refuse to inflate his ego, but he, um, he kind of saw the signs and had heard the whispers of, um, like, hey, Mike's not doing well kind of stuff. And he, <coughs> he's not the one who like, you know, grabbed my hand and pulled me into the light or anything, but he, he was the kind of the only one who, I mean, he he's also in the military, um, also an RP, oddly enough. Um, but he kind of is like, I don't know, he kind of talked me, not out of it, but just to, you know, to survive that night, which is really all I needed. Um, so uh, I'm saying all this to say, shit gets weird, you know what I mean? And we don't talk about it enough, but it really is okay to not be okay. I think a lot of people um, take the whole, like, I don't feel right. Um, I don't feel like myself. Therefore, something must be wrong. Um, And maybe in that moment, something is. But um, whatever you're going through, man or woman, um, you you can overcome it. And you will come out stronger. And I know, and I I hate these talks about mental health because the cliches are all there, but it's true. And um, for what it's worth, man, I'm living proof that... uh, you can survive that night that you're, you're going to be okay you're you're you may not you may not come out of it thinking like oh what was i thinking and i'll never do that again and i mean these things will come and go especially if you don't get you know help properly but um i'm just it's it's okay to not be okay when you feel that way you need to reach out and i i can't stress that enough um yeah, you have the veterans, you know, suicide hotline. You have the national suicide hotline, and believe it or not, you have friends. No matter how you feel at the time, no matter how they act, <coughs> they they want you around. So, yeah, again, <laughs> I, I yeah, I I don't mean to bring the mood down, but uh, yeah, man, I just this is me. This is your buddy Mike. Um, I'm just telling you, if you're not okay right now. It doesn't mean you're not always going to not be okay. This too shall pass. Just got to find a way out, man. Whew. Okay. All right. There we go. 
very somber, <laughs> very somber into this episode of me drooling on this mic. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get out of here, guys. Uh, I definitely appreciate you listening. And uh, again, reach out. If you feel something's off, man, reach out even to your friends. Annoy them. FaceTime them. They may not answer, but fuck, they'll, they'll get the point. So um, yeah, I'm going to go on leave here soon. Go see my family. And then uh, I'll see you all in two weeks. So as always, stand by for more. <laughs>